9.30. Look at that. Well done. Andrew versus the world. You, you mean exactly what you asked him to do two weeks ago? It, you know, ties well with that hockey assist. He was like stat. a guy that takes charges, Mike, to go along with offensive rebounds and steals. This is the hustle play guy. Andrew's our resident old man crank. That's right, Michael. Shut up. And no, you're not. No, it's such a tease. I'm going to play that sexy music again, Andrew, and you're going to tell us about your business. That and, you know, Murray waking the fuck up. Oh, but he has such a great smile. Hey, this is Rex with a heart pick. So I was a bad producer and I screwed up something when we recorded last night and we lost the first 15 minutes or so of the pod, which means we lost this whole segment where Sieber did a music trivia slash nugget backstory mashup game. It was pretty fun, even if it was impossibly difficult, but he promises to bring it back next week and play it again. Anyway, we'll just jump right into wherever we were when recording did start. I think Andrew is complaining about trades that can't happen for the next few weeks but we'll figure it out but you know gary harris can probably be the most likely guy to get traded because morris isn't allowed to be (laughs) well and it's also his his contract as well um kind of lines up with if we're actually going to make like a splash of a trade Uh, uh the trade deadline is coming up here in about a week and a half or so uh and so i've heard multiple reports from various news outlets that uh the nuggets are kind of you know fishing around we'll see if we actually land anybody uh but one of the interesting thing trades that i've actually heard is kyle lowry uh Hmm. on our team from toronto uh for gary harris and some you know bull bull and some other assets uh he would be very interesting to me in terms of uh changing a little bit the dynamic of uh positions for what our player is going to do you know having him at point guard murray shooting guard uh i think is actually going to be good He's a fierce player, a fierce defender, too. Um, and I think he'd be actually changed the dynamic of our team. I like Kyle Lowry. I, I hadn't heard his name come up much, but... I you think would like fun. a guy that takes charges, Mike, to go along with offensive <laughs> rebounds and steals. This is a hustle play guy. I love Kyle, Kyle Lowry, just for the record, too. I hope Toronto makes that shift, um, wanting to get like younger and trade for pieces because we could probably offer that, but he would be great. Lonzo Ball would be amazing as well. I'd rather have Kyle Lowry than Lonzo Ball, though. How old is Kyle? Doesn't matter. Do we think the Nuggets are actually going to make a trade, though? Does anyone actually think we'll do anything at the deadline? Because i got to say, I I don't. Yes, but not big. Yeah, I agree with Sieber. I think think we'll make a trade. Um, P.J. Tucker or something like that. I could see us making these trades that... Uh, could make a little bit of a difference, but nothing like a big splash. I mean, I, I think it would well, be fun Boogie. to have someone like. No, no, you could just pick him up. You don't <laughs> Mike Malone's to guy. Trade anybody for him? No, he yeah, he's I been think... playing a lot on Houston. Boogie Cousins. He got cut. Did he, he get cut? cut? Did he get cut? Because <laughs> <laughs> when when Harden was traded, he uh, was playing like quite a bit, and then apparently I have not followed them since. So. <laughs> Well, it, um, I guess going back to kind of what Seaworth was saying in terms of this week, uh, the Nuggets were 1-1 one one on the week, uh, won the game against Memphis coming out of the All-Star break, and then lost the game uh, against da- Dallas, uh, barely pulled out that Memphis game at the end uh, with kind of the play with John Morant and Jokic. Uh, the refs reviewed it. Uh, they said it was a good no-call. So, uh, there was good a for the lot Nuggets. of discussion on confirming that no-call. Yep. Totally agree with it. 
which was great. And then the Nuggets uh, go and play Dallas and get actually absolutely smoked um, for four quarters. So I, I don't know, Andrew, what are you seeing from this team this week? Because it was kind of a up-down week again after last week that felt like we were on a roll um, with, I think it was about five straight. So I actually thought it was a good week. You know, uh, like it was a gritty win um, against Memphis. And then you come from an all-star break you're going on a quick back-to-back. Your legs are going to be a little tired on that second game, and I really think that's all the Mavericks game was. I mean, Dallas hit a lot of good shots. I'm not sure the Nuggets mentally were like ever really with it, just things weren't quite flowing. You got our uh, Michael Green and Millsap, just for UC Bruce, Millsap, back, and um, <laughs> that was going to mess up our rotation, and so I'm, I like that they came off the bench, but... Without Morris as well. I mean, it was like it was actually a game we missed Gary Harris to kind of slow them down. They have a lot of speedy guards, but I don't put too much emphasis on that Mavs game. I think it's one that's very easy to pass, and like if we play any defense, we should be able to always beat them. And we just didn't play any defense or offense. That right. Game. I I think obviously you want to win every game, but if we had to pick one of those as uh, coming out of the All-Star break, I think the Memphis game is more important in establishing not uh, not a big letdown out of the break that they've known to do in the past. That uh, And then the second half of the back-to-back to drop to a, a good Dallas team that can beat anybody is more forgivable. And we, you know... Going into the following week, we got a pretty good schedule, so maybe this was a uh, nice little wake-up call after coming out after the All-Star break, being a little uh, sluggish, especially for Murray. The next four games are super winnable, and maybe you know everybody will kick it into gear here. But you know, going back to the Grizzlies game, Joker was just phenomenal again as usual. So he he has no let-up. Um, which is great to see. And MPJ, I think, is the other... Him and Will Barton, honestly, are, are the other two silver linings of the last couple of days. Um, MPJ is solidly, you know, almost becoming a 20 and 10 guy, which if he turns into that sooner than later, that really raises his ceiling for the Nuggets. And hopefully Barton just kind of becomes a knockdown shooter and doesn't try and do too much. I'm questioning whether or not he can ever kind of stay in that kind of role because I think he <laughs> you, you doesn't want exactly to be that what guy. what asked him to do two weeks ago? Yeah, exactly. He would be really good if he steps into this role and then he's kind of <laughs> stepping into that role. <laughs> and now he's I'm taking sure like Malone 10, 10 threes a game. to this podcast. They have to. <laughs> yeah, I figure that's, you know, all over the practice court. This is what they play instead of music, but you know, the M- warm-up or anything. MPJ's <laughs> field goal percentage is incredible. And honestly, okay, Murray was one for 14 that game, but normally he's got a very high field goal percentage. I, I always get pretty excited about a team that like one plays as a team and two, most of the players all shoot a high field goal percentage. So I, I think there's a lot of positivity. And in that Memphis game, I mean, our guards, Mor- Morris and Murray shot three for 22 and we won. You know, like that's an amazing that's stat crazy. that was kind of like that, that grittiness. Um, and also that those other guys stepped up. Jokic is just always a monster, but MPJ and Barton playing really well um, was like a really exciting thing to sh- see that one of our top two guys doesn't have to play the best for us to win. Are we at all worried about Murray, or do we just think anytime he gets more than a week off, his game goes to shit for a couple of days? 
he just or weeks. He's got to party. I think quietly. he has to be exhausted. I think that was what happened in, with Bubble Murray. Is he has to get just way too many minutes, and he has to get beat down and hit a couple of those just dumb shots, and it just triggers a different version of him. Andrew, what's your biggest worry for the second half of the season? A rotation. Like, we got all these guys back. That was exactly what I was thinking. Inconsistency with guys coming back, and so then it's there's just no real flow going into the playoffs. I mean, you really only need about three weeks before the playoffs to have a really consistent run, but, um, you know, we have not seen the consistent players playing their roles, and Malone was kind of been figuring it out, which is fine. Um, but you know, we got Michael Green back and Millsap in the Mavs game and got completely blown out. So I think it's going to be tough to figure out how to get everyone their minutes or Malone's just got to make some better, tougher decisions. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's interesting that he, I think we've talked about this a couple times. He hasn't had to make those tough decisions because of injuries. Um, he still sort of hasn't, but obviously Millsap and Green are back now with Porter. But I think it's good to see that Porter is still getting his minutes over Millsap in, in Green. I, I think we want to see him uh, progress further uh, throughout this year. I mean, even what you were saying in terms of the Dallas game, Andrew, uh, Porter got 23 minutes and got 23 points. Uh, Millsap and Green were still in there uh, playing uh, along with him, but he shot uh, Porter shot 77% um, from the, uh, the field, uh, which is just absolutely shocking in terms of what yeah, he's able to do. Good. Yeah. So uh, we want to see him play a lot more, even though these other guys are going to be in there uh, and, and be in the rotation. But I think uh, Porter has definitely uh, sustained himself in terms of trying to play that power forward position, um, in my opinion, at least at this point in time. Uh, that may slip as a young guy. Uh, I think Malone has a very short lease on these guys. And if he does anything that might uh, affect that over you know a game or two, I, I could see... Millsap or even Green uh, picking up some of those minutes. So it was uh, definitely a, t- a tough week, uh, I would say, for the Nuggets. So, uh, Bush, anything you saw uh, out of the Memphis game uh, that, you know, really you took out of that? The behind-the-back pass? That was amazing, wasn't it? <laughs> it was just... I mean, that might be the play of the year, right? <laughs> it might be. I don't think I've ever seen a pass like that. I mean, Jokic has thrown so many amazing passes, but uh, that Murray behind the back and where in traffic. It, where it hit Jokic in the yeah. hands, like on his way towards a layup. Exactly. It, it looks like it was like superimposed. Like it's just CGI'd into his hands on the way up. No, and so, you know, Mike, I think that is actually a perfect... Uh, little entree into bush in the woods if we can migrate there because yeah what did you Um, ask me earlier in the week to look into for the nuggets it was it was after that pass and there's so much talk about Jokic being the best passing big man in the league by far so i i challenge you to find some stats to uh to defend and demonstrate that the nuggets are the best passing team in the league well, I, before we go into Bush and Woods, let's uh, take a minute here uh, and take a commercial break for our presenting sponsor, <laughs> the Abrams Momentum Group. That's a tease. That was such a tease. I'm going to play that sexy music again, Andrew, and you're going to tell us about your business. You're trying to buy a house right now. 
you're probably pretty relieved there's a huge snowstorm that is not allowing you to get into multiple bid offer situations. But if you work with Abrams Momentum Group, we will get you to the house when no one else can, so that way you finally don't have to compete on a house. So give us a call, 303-981-6723. Thanks and have a good day. Well done, well that done. Abrams Momentum Group. That was yeah. very random. Andrew plugging uh, his new snowmobile, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to. I want someone else to do it. End in the mailbox. All right. Well, that was uh, Abrams Momentum Group. Uh, we appreciate your sponsorship. Uh, if you need anything related to real estate needs, uh, you know our man Andrew is going to support that. So, uh, Rex. Just before we went into a break, you asked Bush a question about oh, yeah, the no, Nuggets I, I, being... I very gently teased. The, I want to know, are the Nuggets the best passing team in the league? Purely on stats, and you know, what, what's the stat for, uh, for flashy, flashy dimes? Is that something that they track on cleaning the glass? Surprisingly, there's no you know, Jokic passes by far best big man in the league stat yet. But we're, uh, we're, we're working on that in the in the lab here over in Bush in the Woods. We'll get back to you on that one, Rex. But um, so going to different source this time, NBA.com uses some second spectrum data, which is some really cool nerdy data for guys like me. And they actually track how many passes are made per game. And what's actually kind of interesting is Denver is like 13th on that list. So in terms of the ball flying around, passes made per game, the Pacers at the top, 311. Uh, that's what they average per game compared to the Nuggets, who are around 290. But so while we may not be, you know, throwing the ball around quite as much as the Pacers or about a third of the team, a third of the rest of the league, two stats that I think do show that the Nuggets are one of, if not the best passing um team in the entire NBA are uh, secondary assists or more commonly called hockey assists, I think. Uh, We are second in the league at 4.1 secondary assists per game uh, behind Golden State and just ahead of the Lakers. So that to me is, you know, when we throw the ball in the Jokic, he makes one good pass and then we swing it to the corner and boom, you know, we knock down the corner three with our new favorite nugget, Will Barton, uh, always <laughs> knocking it down in that in that position. Um, the uh, second stat that I really like, and I think it, you know, ties well with that hockey assist stat is the catch and shoot points per game or catch and shoot field goal percentage per game. So these, this is literally, you know, no dribbles, you get a pass and you shoot how many points per game um, do you score as a team? Team. The Nuggets are third in both of those categories, behind the Clippers hmm. uh, and the Raptors for catch-and-shoot points per game, and behind the Clippers and Nets on catch-and-shoot field goal percentage per game. So the Nuggets, 35 points per game come from just straight-up catch-and-shoot um, situations, which I think, again, kind of exemplifies the ball, you know, swinging around the perimeter or just finding the hot shooter at the right time and, you know, people not having to uh, always pull Jamal Murray and just take a guy one-on-one and then shoot a fadeaway. So those are my... I I like that stat so much, and I actually think it doesn't even exemplify, like, how great the Nuggets are because we don't have a lot of great shooters, right? Like, those pull-up shooters or, like, the J.J. Redick who's curling off and you give a pass. Like, Nuggets don't have that outside of maybe MPJ, 
And so what that really means is the guys are like slashing to the basket. So we're cutting them and it's going to lead to a like easy dunk or an easy play compared to just some of these long mid range jump get or jump shots. So I really like that kind of both the secondary pass because you'll get to bring someone in, then you pass out everyone's bringing that guy and they make the one extra pass and the pass direct to a bucket um, without a lot of shooters. I mean, I can just visualize these guys cutting to the basket and making, getting easy shots. So, good oh, and there's a stat for pull-up points per game, too, Andrew. So, to uh, your eyeball test, the, the Nuggets are about 20th in the league in terms of pull-up points per game. Those are like uh, the Trailblazers lead it. Yep. No uh, no surprise no there surprise. with uh, yeah. with Dame, you know. Uh, they average 35 points per game on pull-ups. Nuggets average 20. So, uh, it's a pretty pretty big discrepancy there so um this is going to be my new favorite tool that i just found today and i'm going to spend lots more times nerding uh, out I over have the some coming weeks definitional questions on like Ooh. how <laughs> there how is they, a glossary so definition uh pat like at 311 passes per game if if they inbound and they just like tap it back to whoever inbound does that count as two passes is it passes <laughs> like past the half court line like what so I think it's the first that that would be like two passes. Right. So the second spectrum data, from my understanding of it, is they basically have cameras all over all these arenas now. And they can literally just track all of these different – like they have drives per game. They have paint touches per game. They have all these different camera angles, and then they just kind of throw it into probably like a AI machine learning kind of thing, and then it spits out mm-hmm. all these different metrics. So um, – so I think like that passes per game one is just literally like if you and I were just passing ball back and forth all the way up the court, <laughs> that would count for like 10 passes in right. one possession. Um, so, I mean, they have everything. They have like speed per game. They have touches per game. They have, oh, by the way, Nikola Jokic leads the league in touches per game um, at over 73 touches per game, um, by far the most. Sabonis is second at 71, and then everybody else is in the mid-60s. So that shows that our wow. offense just rolls through uh, Jokic. You know, he's he's the hub, as we all know. But um, he, you know, so they have a lot of amazing different uh, stats. That, uh, in addition to the awesome cleaning, cleaning the glass, this is going to be my new go-to. Do you, does an alley oop count as a uh, a pass and shoot? <laughs> I will get back to you on that uh, <laughs> next week. So I think it's interesting because uh, we we always think of Jokic as the kind of the initiator of uh, the offense, uh, at least this form of the offense, and it seems like he still is. But really, what is making our offense go is he's getting the third guy open or the second guy open, whatever you want to call it. Uh, where our guys are making the right choices uh, in terms of Jokic getting it to the right guy. And then as Andrew to Andrew's point, he's either cutting or they're passing out um, to somebody in a corner three, but they're finding the open guys. And I think that's really important uh, that this team going forward is going to see, especially when we've um, faced some of the tougher defensive teams uh, to see that continue going forward. But that, that that's one of the better stats I think uh, we've heard. Nice. I got a, uh, Bush in the woods for uh, next time. I would like some Murray and MPJ stats together because they've just now started to play like pretty well together. So with Jokic on the bench, you know, I I think Malone had Jokic and Murray a lot and didn't kind of play MPJ and Murray, but I think it's going to be kind of an exciting duo that no one's seen coming. 
All right. Next week, we know what we got. Next I'll week. I'll get back to you, Andrew. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, next week, MBJ and Mark Murray, it sounds like. All right. Um, all right. Well, that was Bush in the Woods. Uh, appreciate that. So uh, we're going to go into a, a quick little segment here. Uh, we're calling Andrew versus the world. So Andrew's our resident well, old man crank. Also and uh, pretty much Andrew's wrong. He pretty much hates everything. Uh, Butch in the Woods, that was the first stat I think we've heard in a long time where he agreed and was happy about what was being presented to him. So Andrew versus the no world. Offensive rebounds. Uh, offensive the rebounds. three of us are going to present questions to him and see <laughs> his response to these questions. Thank you, uh, Peanut so, Gallery. Uh, uh, I'll go first uh, with my question uh, for you, Andrew. Uh, but uh, my question is, uh, you hate offensive rebounds. He hates them. But you haven't said that he you like them. defensive rebounds. So please explain to me what the difference is between an offensive rebound and a defensive rebound and why one is better than the other. Well, <laughs> when the other team shoots and misses, and you get the ball. That's called a defensive rebound. Mm, okay, and when going, you shoot, tacky definition. Our team. <laughs> yep. Well, you know what? This is what I expect from the peanut gallery. These type of questions. But honestly, here's the big difference: is that I obviously care a lot more about the playoffs and what happens in the playoffs. Things slow down, and what happens when things slow down? That means there are more men back on defense, which makes it a lot harder to get offensive rebounds. And that transition game and the run and gun just doesn't happen as much. So, you know, yeah, everyone gets really excited. Hey, regular season, Fareed came out of nowhere and got an offensive rebound. He had zero defensive rebounds, which is actually like boxing out, being in position, and the rebounds that matter. And so when it comes time to transition from regular season to playoffs, you could have all these great hustle players, but most hustle players, especially like the bigger guys that get rebounds, are just not as valued in the playoffs. So that's why I don't respect offensive rebounds nearly as much. Hmm. So taking I, shots at I, I think I, the manhole I think I agree for no you. reason. Yeah, the Fareed. <laughs> One of my least favorite like 10 years ever, ago. So. Oh, uh, it's such a great so, smile. Yeah. So I agree with you to a certain degree, Andrew, that the, the hustle guys aren't, aren't going to play in the playoffs. Uh, and if they do, it's very, very limited minutes uh, to get someone like a breather before a timeout gets called. So uh, it's quite limited. Uh, but I would disagree with you a little bit in terms of offensive rebounds uh, not being important. Uh, I do believe that offensive rebounds are important because when a team's shooting, you know, 51, 52 percent from the field in terms of uh, effective field goal percentage, you still need to have a big guy who's willing to box out and get those rebounds because you're preventing the other team from defensive rebounds and giving yourself second chance opportunities. And, and a lot of times I think what we saw in the playoffs is that we need some of those second chance opportunities. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. This I, isn't Michael it, versus the world. <laughs> That's right, Michael. Shut up. And, Realistically, uh, honestly, no, not, the offensive rebounds come from Jokic getting his own ball and from MPJ with a putback or a follow-up, which uh, I don't think... Did you see him throw it against the backboard to himself? Yeah, no. <laughs> he does it all the time, and I've never actually awesome. seen him mess it up yet, which is it's like a really, really good impressive play. thing. He yeah. has a very you can tell controlled... he's been doing that like his entire life, probably because he's right. just been so much bigger than everybody. Yep. All right, agree. I got I one like, for you, Andrew. Oh. All right, let's go. Tell the listeners how you feel about Damian Lillard. <sighs> That's just such a setup. 
because I can't stand Damian Lillard. He just doesn't play a lot of defense, right? Like it's like his shot range is great, and it, you know when Portland was deciding between Aldridge. Damian Lillard, they went with Lillard, saw the upside, and that was actually the right decision because LaMarcus has been terrible with the Spurs. Um, not terrible, but, like, very average for a very high salary. Lillard is, like, trying to make, you know, the guys work, but I feel like they have decent get-up. He just he doesn't play defense, and I think it's easy to, like, see all these unbelievable shots and these great plays, but, like, whoever he's guarding always has a good game, so that's why I don't like Lillard. I hope we have some fans in Portland because I would love to get their takes on that. <laughs> I wouldn't respect anyone from Portland anyway, so I'm not sure how important their take is. The Portland moms? Oh, my God, that would be so scary. <laughs> All right, Rex, what you got? Here's your sleeves. Uh, you know, we don't need sleeves. We're, where we're going, we don't need sleeves. Um, it's only two feet of snow. <laughs> so... Andrew, you uh, you famously love Will the Thrill, but also uh, have zero appreciation or respect for anybody coming off the bench because they're not valuable in the playoffs. So you say. <laughs> no, I, Do you think I, I, a that, few people out <laughs> that Will the Thrill <laughs> is a is a playoff starting nugget? Yes, mm, that's a good one. It's like. The same question. He, he should be our starting two guard. He's lanky. He knows how to pass the ball. You know, like we've been talking about Murray playing really good at the two. Barton can play point guard. And then again, it's kind of like Nuggets version of point guard is who dribbles up to half and then throws it down to Jokic in the post. And then we start our offense. So I think Barton fills that role. And if he's playing shooting guard, you know, like we have a six, six shooting guard and Murray is a bigger guard as well. And so I actually think, Barton, the way he kind of like moves horizontally and vertically is a little bit better than Murray is a little bit more of an upright defender. So I actually think defensively they would complement each other. Barton can shoot from the outside. You can have MPJ at the three, and I know he's been playing great at the four, but MPJ at the three, you get Millisap because I think to make a run in the West, you have to go big. And so that would create a lot of great opportunities. So you'd rather have uh, Barton on the floor than Green? It seems like a weird trade-off, but yes, because if Green's on the floor instead of Barton, then is MPJ the starting two guard? (laughs) Uh, No, I think it's Jamal, and I think Monty's on the floor. And then Michael Green, um, Millsap, and Jokic? Er. I'm not trying to get into the actual lineups, but so you're I, trying to trade Barton. For right. I think I think Green. Barton's going to have a hard time starting at the two after he's been traded. <laughs> <laughs> going to be tough to argue. <laughs> Wait, and before we transition to anything else, Corey, who called in last last week, I'd like mm-hmm. to apologize, Corey. Because it was really fantastic, and we appreciated it, and I just liked ripping on you the same as I am with these guys, because none of you guys know what you're talking about, Did but any- we very much appreciate you calling in, so please do it again so I can continue to make fun of you. Did anybody bother to listen to the very last three seconds of last week's episode, after the music? 
Sure I did, but I don't remember it. I took Amazing. a little snippet out of it was so good out of context from Corey, and jammed it in the end because had to, we had to cut it out of the rest of the show, and you have to go back and listen to it. I can't I can't paraphrase. It's perfect. Done. Well, Andrew, I still have one more question for you. Oh. Uh, so, the Nuggets right now are sixth uh, in the West. Uh, the Utah Jazz are still, you know, two and a half games up in first place. Uh, Phoenix is somehow in second. I had no uh, idea that Phoenix was so far up. <laughs> yeah. No idea. Lakers holding on to that third spot. Clippers, uh, the fourth. Uh, then Blazers, Nuggets, Spurs, and Mavs. So what, in terms of a matchup. I I'm sorry. Nuggets is five. Uh, there were some games tonight that they may have moved up to the fifth spot. Ah. Uh, so in terms of the Nuggets um, place uh, and in terms of uh, the team that we want to see in the first round of the playoffs, uh, where who is that and why? I would take either the Jazz or the Suns. Um, <laughs> I like Lakers scare me, Clippers scare me. Um, hopefully, we can just beat up on the Clippers' gradual emotional state in the second round. But um, I think if I had to choose one, I think Bush in the Woods here would choose the Jazz. But I'm going to go with the Suns. And the reason why I would go with the Suns is just because I don't believe Chris Paul is that great of a playoff point guard. And then I think their other two stars are young and just don't have that much experience, and that's what I would hope for. So, I mean, the Suns are a very good team and very good defensively, but Jokic is just so smart and creative. I think we could hold our own, especially like Aiden into foul trouble, who um, is a really good player. I mean, he went toe-to-toe with Jokic in the regular season and I think scored just as many points. So um, both would be a tough matchup, but I would lean a little bit towards the Suns over the Jazz. Well, we are 2-1 and one against the, the Suns. Uh, I think interesting stat uh, from uh, basketball reference in terms of the Jazz this year uh, is that they have the 11th best, um, what they call SRS, which is their uh, adjusted strength of schedule uh, ever. Um, so far this year, which accounts for point differential and strength of schedule. So I, I think the Jazz somehow are a better team That's than crazy. any of us actually thought at this point in the season. Uh, so I think they would sure, be. But Andrew, that doesn't point, mean that we have to be afraid team. of them. I, I think they're a tough team right now if they're playing this way. Um, but the Suns, I, I tend to agree with you, Andrew. All right, anyone else have, have anything else for Andrew? I mean, if you had a a, a choice between the. Utah, let's say they win out the rest of the season versus the Lakers who somehow are at the four and the I would much rather play the Jazz again than the Lakers regardless of how the rest of the season shakes out I mean, barring injuries I agree I think we have, you know, best guy in the best guy in the series is Jokic in that against the Jazz and against the Suns and then if, you know, against the Lakers and the Clippers, that gets a little bit of a tougher argument. Maybe against Clippers? I don't know. But could you imagine a 4-5 Clippers Nuggets first round? Oh, man. That's going to be brutal, but yeah. fun. That's, that's, a tough, that's a tough matchup for sure. Well, thank you guys All for right. giving me nothing but layup questions. Wow, well, was Andrew versus the world. We thought, we'd, we thought we'd work you in real easy this time. We know you're Andrew uh, world. <laughs> all right i think uh bush you are indicating next week uh we got a slate of games uh, we got about four games that are coming up that should hopefully be good games for the nuggets uh, we played the pacers on monday 
uh, the Hornets on Wednesday, the Bulls on Friday, uh, and then New Orleans on Sunday. Uh, interesting um, kind of a East Coast trip uh, that we're going to face here uh, in terms of a couple of games there. Uh, anything you guys are looking for this week? Bush, what do you, what do you want to see out of the team? 4-0, man. That's what we need. We need to go streaking here. And, you know, the schedule is setting up very nicely for us. So that and, you know, Murray waking the fuck up and, you know, getting back to how he was playing before uh, the All-Star game. Those are I the mean, two things we, for me. You know that the Nuggets love to lose against Middle Eastern teams. <laughs> That that's not <laughs> against Eastern <laughs> Conference cut, teams. I want to cut that back. one. Yeah, <laughs> I will say I'm excited for them to play Charlotte. Like, for, I just I think Charlotte is a really fun team to watch, and will I probably be a good team in a few years? They're not quite there yet, but Lamelo Ball is good. Like, legitimately, He's very good. Very good. Yeah. So um, he's got some fun highlights. Yeah. And they, and they have Gordon Hayward, that like Terry Rozier, they they actually have some decent players. So I think it, they're kind of just a fun team to watch. Yeah, Mike, in terms what of are you like watchability. Uh, well, in terms of watchability, I'm I'm actually excited to watch the Charlotte game and the New Orleans game. Uh, I haven't had a chance to really watch New Orleans at all the, this year, and, and I'm curious how Ingram and uh, Zion uh, are going to play against our guys. Uh, I just always. You know, think that that's kind of a fun matchup. I don't. I don't think that these are going to be losses by anything. I think Bush, you're right. If we're who we are supposed to be, this is a four and zero team uh, this week. So it, anything less, anything quite frankly, uh, and we'd be disappointed against these four teams. I think it's a three and one, and I don't think you should burn the house down. <laughs> Rex, so we will burn it down if it's two and two. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I will light the match. If we're two and two, we can finally trade with Will. How about that? <laughs> Who are we gonna lose we're to, Rex? We're gonna have to trade Will or Rex. One uh, or the other's gotta go now. <laughs> I'm gonna say Pacers and um, New Orleans. Ooh, you're Ooh. calling a two and two week. Yeah, I'm calling Ooh. a two and two week. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Really well, pessimistic rex um i think that's it uh for the pod this week this was episode 10 on a down note (laughs) we we had some fun uh we listened to some tunes uh we attacked andrew threw him some layoffs uh and we wrapped on the nuggets so this was kind of a uh, a light week uh two games this week as they were coming out of the all-star break uh we'll be back with a much heavier slate with four games next week uh this was episode 10 of the hard pick mining company from your nuggets I didn't even mention that we kicked Seber out for his game. We just told him to get the fuck out of here. Hey, 930. Look at that. Well done.